Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Save Your Sanity Podcast. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. Are you living with the chaos, confusion, and uncertainty that a toxic person loves to create? Is a partner, parent, ex, sibling, child, or coworker causing you to second guess yourself? That can be crazy making. I'm here to help you save your sanity. So let's get down to it and figure some things out now. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to Save Your Sanity. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. I'm so glad you're here. There are so many things to discuss, as I have done with so many podcast episodes, but tonight I'm doing something entirely different, something you may not even have had a name for in the past. So we're going to be talking about, are you suffering from enablers guilt? Is it possible that you are suffering from enablers guilt? And you may not even know what that means, right? That may not be something that you've ever heard before. And it's so important to understand. So that's the topic for tonight. We're going to look at how to, how to understand it and then what you can do to stop suffering from it, which is equally important as understanding it. And if you've been here before and you have found value in the show, I'm so glad you returned. And if you're first time, I'm so glad that you found me. If you'd like to support the show, please feel free. It's always helpful if you go to patreon.com slash saveyoursanity, patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. You can make a small donation and every bit helps to keep this flowing easily. So are you suffering from enablers guilt? Well, you know, what is guilt really about? Well, that's an important piece. And what is enabling about? So let's start there. My definition of enabling is when you usually step in to fix or solve, rationalize or justify, or make the consequences of someone's poor choices go away. And you know, I've shared that with you before. Um, I think it's an important one. It's when you usually step in to fix, solve, excuse, rationalize, or justify, or make the consequences go away for the poor choices of another person. So if you're with a hijackal, you know, my term for these difficult, toxic people, if you're with a hijackal, in order to keep the peace, you may try to caretake them in really unhealthy ways. And that's what enabling is. You are endeavoring to make up for everything that ever went wrong in their life. Now, where that gets even worse is when you have what I'm calling, and I know this is my term, but I want to share it with you because it might help you get some clarity, what I'm calling enablers guilt. And not only are you enabling, endeavoring to fix everything and you know, make their life better, but you have guilt for not being able to. So a whole layer deeper than enabling. You have guilt for not being able to make the abuser happy or not being able to read the abuser's mind. Now, I am very aware that I am using the term abuser, and I want you to be able to use it too. 
I know it's difficult to understand that you may be in a relationship with an abuser. It might have been your mother or father, sister or brother, maybe your partner, maybe now an adult child. And if they are abusing you, you have to call them what they are, an abuser. So enabler's guilt is not only am I doing everything in my power to try and make this person happy, I feel guilty I can't make them happy. And you know you can't make a hijackle happy because if you do exactly what they told you would make them happy, that's not what they want anymore. They want something different, right? You've experienced that. That's the way it goes. And so you can't make them happy. You can't take their pain away. And you may feel guilty for that. You may feel guilty that you should be able to overcome their childhood trauma. You should be able to make up for the neglect they experienced in their life. You should be able to do all of that, but you can't. And then you start feeling guilty that you can't make the life of the abuser better. And it's noble to want to make someone else's life better. But when you're dealing with a hijackal, you know, my definition of a hijackal is a person who hijacks a relationship for their own needs and purposes and then relentlessly scavenges it for power, status, and control. So when you're with a hijackal, their whole purpose is to get you groveling. And so if you take on the enabling role, and then all by yourself, you're feeling enabler's guilt because you can't make the pain go away. You can't make them happy. You can't make them satisfied. Oh, what a burden that is. What a terrible burden that is. And you can fall into that situation you know, if you were raised in a home where everything was your fault, maybe you had a hijackal parent like I did, everything was your fault. So you scurry around to not have any faults or you just give up completely and lie there like a doormat. But when you're raised in that environment, you just keep hoping you could do something right. And then if you find yourself in a relationship with a hijackal, you get that hope again. Like, maybe I can get it right. Maybe I can fix it. Maybe I can do all of that. And so you enable. But then beyond that, you may be feeling enablers guilt. Like I said before, I think I've, I've made that term up. I may be mistaken, but I looked all over the internet and I couldn't find it except in tonight's video. <laughs> um, but I think that it is something that keeps us stuck, stuck, stuck deeper than even enabling. And you can't overcome their trauma for them. You can't take away their childhood. You can't do their work for them. They have to do it themselves. They have to want to do it. Now, in order to want to do it, they would have to be willing to say there's work to do. And they are not going to do that because that would be admission of a flaw. That would mean they needed something from another human. And you know how dedicated they are to not needing something from another human human to appear that they don't need anything, but they want something from you. There's a distinction there. So when you get into this enabler's guilt, it is a circular spiral descent into a rabbit hole with disaster at the bottom. It can't go anywhere good. 
because it's the never-never plan. You will never be able to satisfy a hijackle. You will never be able to fix what's wrong with a hijackle. Always remember my phrase, you didn't break them, you can't fix them. You didn't break them, you can't fix them. That's a job they have to do, and they don't want to. You've noticed that, right? For that reason I just cited, that they would have to admit something is amiss, something is wrong, something isn't working. And so they don't want to do that. (laughs) So they won't do that. And it's a bit like uh, PTSD or survivor's guilt, you know, asking the question, what am I doing wrong? Or in the survivor's guilt, why am I still here and someone else is dead, right? And it's, survivor's guilt is when people believe that they've done something wrong simply by surviving a tragic or traumatic event when other people didn't. So in enabler's guilt, how am I going to get to a place where I think I can fix something I had nothing to do with breaking? But if we are broken ourselves, or we have been damaged ourselves, we may think that that would be the pathway to feeling better. But when you're with a hijackal, that is simply not the case. It is not going to go in that direction at all. It is just a downward spiral into disaster. And it's so circular that you come to a place of how can I help and then I can't help. How can I do better? And nothing you do is better. And slowly you're descending. And it is so difficult. So in enablers guilt, you feel it's your responsibility to do all you can to try to eradicate pain that you didn't cause. Now, again, that's noble, but You want to eradicate pain you didn't cause while doing it causes them to inflict more pain on you. Now, there's the circular nature of it. You're trying to make them feel better while they use you're trying to make them feel better to make you feel worse, less adequate, less wanted, less capable. And so it is a downward spiral. I'm really hoping that by bringing this up tonight, that you will see that pattern, to see if you know someone who's caught in it, to see if there's any truth for it for yourself. Because once you can identify something, you can make choices about it. So I wanted to help you really identify what's going on. You know, there's another kind of guilt that it's similar to, and that's witness guilt. That's often when when a sibling watches a parent abuse the other siblings and they're too small or too incapable to do anything about it. So you just feel like, I should have done something. You know, I was bad. I was wrong. I couldn't do something to stop the pain that I was watching because I was incapable. I was only four or I was six years old. You couldn't do anything but you have this witness guilt or when you witness domestic violence, but you can't intervene. 
you know, you you can't go to the neighbors and, and do something. They may have a gun. What's available to you to do is to call 911. But witness guilt is actually seeing it happen and not being able to do something about it. The ability to call 911 and get help for someone is an active choice to do something about it. But when we're little or you're young or we're disempowered or we have no authority, often we just watch it happen. And it makes us feel badly that we couldn't do anything about it. By watching it, we feel badly that we should have been able to do something about it. Well, the good news is if enablers guilt is striking you in any way, you can do something about it. Because guilt itself is the fact of having committed an offense or a crime. But you didn't commit any offenses or crimes when you were enabling. You were trying to fix something. It is not an offense or a crime. I mean, it certainly is if it's coercive control and it ends in domestic violence for sure. But it's not an offense or a crime that would make you guilt, have a, have, have a guilty verdict. This is a, a feeling thing. And there's a big difference. Guilt is a verdict. I did or I didn't do something. Feeling guilty that's a whole other thing. It's feeling responsible for having done something wrong. Many times you didn't even do something wrong. When I used to give classes to young parents and, and things on building relationships with children and all, that was a, a large part of my early career life. I think of the many times that I would tell parents, don't use guilt to motivate your children. Don't use guilt to motivate your children to do something or not do something. You're building in responses like I'm talking about tonight. And it's very important not to do that. You may have had an experience uh, in your home growing up where, you know, you were you were motivated by avoiding guilt. <laughs> and it doesn't take you anywhere good. It really doesn't take you anywhere useful. And it certainly won't build you up. It will not set you up for healthy relationships. So this stuff becomes extremely important to understand. That if we're enabling, if we're jumping in to fix and solve and rationalize and justify and make the consequences for someone's poor choices go away, and we're doing that regularly, we're not having a life. We are endeavoring to jump into someone else's life and live it for them. Now, if that person is your child, that's your job <laughs> to make sure that they stay safe, to make sure that they know what's good, to know what's valuable, to know what to do and what not to do. But once we become adults, that equation goes away. And so enabling another adult is you giving up your life in order to put someone else's life ahead of yours. Now, I know I can just hear the, the chorus going, well, isn't that the way it's supposed to be? No, it isn't. Remember how many times I've said in episode 115, 
that there are three must-haves of a healthy adult relationship. There needs to be equality and equity, reciprocity, and mutuality. That doesn't mean giving up your life, being so absorbed in somebody else's life that you don't have a life of your own. That will be completely unsatisfying. It will leave you with resentment. And if you were really poorly trained in order to become an enabler, which you may have been, that will also leave you feeling as though you should have done something differently or better or whatever. That's not going to be helpful. So it becomes very, very important to understand these equations that if you're feeling guilty, then just simply reduce it to guilty or not guilty, not a feeling, a verdict. If I did something that I'm unhappy about, can I rectify it? If I didn't do something, then there's no need for me to be considering it further. But that's not the way the hijackal mind works. The hijackal wants to keep you down, wants to keep you feeling low, wants to keep you feeling degraded, demeaned, dismissed, discounted. They want that. And so if you're running as fast as you can to make them happy or to keep them happy or to keep them from being upset, whatever it is that's totally occupying your time, which the hijackal loves, by the way, then you don't have a life. You are completely subsumed by hoping to get the approval of someone who has made it their life work to never approve of you. That's really big stuff. Do you see that? It's so important to get that. And you may be resistant to getting that because it doesn't sound very empowered. And it isn't. And you know I'm all about having you be emerging empowered. So very important. And if you want help with that, come on over to my new community, the Emerging Empowered Community, only $19 a month. And for that, you get all of the discussion threads completely off social media available to you. You get two opportunities a month to register for an Ask Me Anything group call with me. And you get a 20% discount on all my courses and programs and books and everything. So come on over to joinintoday.com and consider joining the Emerging Empowered Community You can ask questions, you can vent, you can tell us your story, you can ask us what we think or what we would do. Come on over, joinintoday.com, because I'm all about helping you to be emerging empowered. And if you are sunk in enabler's guilt, then we start there, lift you up, get out of that feeling, get out of that sense of responsibility so that you can make better decisions and get some balance back in your life. So important because it's very convoluted, this enabler's guilt. It's, It's layers deep and you need help to traverse it. And it's very hard to do it alone because if you're already an enabler, It's not very far distance to having enablers guilt that you cannot make a difference. You cannot change the hijackal. But you know, hijackals don't want to be changed. 
So it is a completely fruitless venture to endeavor to change a hijackal very much. Now, there are a few things that you could try, and I help my clients try that. And again, you know, if you want my help to do anything, you know that you can use my one, new client opportunity at beaclient.com client.com if you want my help. But, you know, arising from this, stepping out of this, this place where you think that you recognize that you don't have any balance, you have become mired in someone else's life, concerned about their reactions and their responses, and those things get deep within you then you can feel really down. You can feel hopeless. You may be depressed. You may be anxious. All those things go with being hypervigilant to try and keep somebody else happy. So you may, in fact, be experiencing enablers' guilt and not even recognize it. So by shedding light on it today, I really wanted to help you with that. So what do you do about that? How can you make some changes? So I want to give you a few ideas. How did you come to believe that you're here to make other people happy? <laughs> um, that's really something important to have a look at. Who gave you the message that your job is to keep other people happy? Now, we take on a certain amount of that as children because we don't want our parents to disapprove of us in most cases. We want them to like us, and we have a biological imperative to please them to a degree, so they'll keep feeding us and taking care of us and keeping us safe. But once we become adult, have you made the transition over into recognizing that other people's happiness is not your job? Now, sure. You know, in any equitable, equal, reciprocal, mutual relationship, you love to put a smile on another person's face. But those are healthy relationships. When you're dealing with a hijackal, it's an unhealthy relationship. They are dedicated to withholding, giving you any validation. So you could stand on your head and spit nickels for a century and they won't smile because they know you want them to right? You know how they withhold positive things from you. So the first thing you, you want to consider is, where did I get the idea that I'm supposed to make someone else happy? That it's my job to make someone else happy. And how did I come to believe that everyone else's being happy is more important than me being happy? Now, I'm not suggesting an imbalance. I'm suggesting balance, if you're with a hijackal, there already is imbalance. They believe that their happiness is all that matters, and they want you to be completely absorbed with making them happy or doing what they they hope you will do so that they can disapprove of you. But how did you come to believe that other people's happiness is more important than yours? We want to have a balance. We want to have relationships that have balance. And when you're with a hijackal, there is no balance. So that question needs to be answered. How did I come to believe that other people's happiness was more important than mine? Or how did I come to believe that other people's health was more important than mine? Or how did I come to believe that other people deserve to be taken care of 
before I take care of myself. Now, we're talking about adults here. As a general rule, how did I come to believe that my job was to take care of other adults instead of taking care of myself and have that be in balance? Or how did I come to believe that other people deserve to be loved and it didn't matter whether I was? Because that's certainly going to be happening in a hijackal relationship, right? That's the sad truth. They want to be adored and validated and they withhold that from you. So how did I come to believe that? How did I come to believe that other people should be protected from the consequences of their choices but I shouldn't be protected. How did I come to believe that other people should be safe, but I don't need to be safe? Those are big questions, big, important, valuable questions to answer. Where did I get this programming? Where did I get these ideas? And why am I persistent in following them? I'm hoping that you're going to have a great big aha as you listen to this episode and you just see all these red flags flying and you say, ah, I have work to do. I know that I do not want to be the caretaker of the world. It is not my job. Yes, for your children. No, for the adults. Yes, in a healthy, reciprocal, equal, mutual relationship, you will do that for each other. And that's what makes it healthy. But when you're with a hijackal, they want to take it all, have you give it all, and they give nothing back. And as I've said many times, when they really want something, they'll give you a few breadcrumbs. And after you've been with them for a while, you think that you just had a feast but you got a few breadcrumbs. It certainly wasn't the full meal deal that you deserve. Don't be settling for breadcrumbs. Okay, what else can you do? How do you factor yourself into the equation in a healthier way? How can you begin to make small steps to seek healthy balance in the relationship? Now, the hijackal is not going to change. But what can you do? Can you take a little better care of yourself? Can you consider yourself equally to the other person's considerations? Can you um, take tiny steps to rectify the imbalance? What can you do? It never is a good idea to just create total upheaval. That's never a good idea. But what small things can you do that just say, I'm going to take a moment for myself, or I'm going to take care of myself, or I am going to do something for myself. And to do it without guilt, to do it because it is balanced and healthy. And that may take a little bit of movement from where you are, because you came by how you are quite organically. And you may not have recognized this changes. And then you got into a relationship with a hijackal or you were born into it or you married into it or you have mother or father-in-laws or sister or daughter-in-laws, all of those folks that come into your life and you acquire a hijackal. And they are demanding and they want to be first and they want to be central. 
And you as a healthy person perhaps said, okay, you know, I can give a little more. But when you give a little more, they want a little more and a little more and a little more. So how do you take that back? How do you say, no, I will create a little more balance every day? Very important, very important. And a big thing that we want to do, and I'm not going to talk about it a lot today because I'm going to give you the episode numbers where you can hear a whole episode, but it becomes important to curb your people-pleasing. Yeah, as children, we are people-pleasing little beings because we need to keep the giants happy so they'll look after us, protect us, and feed us. But when we become adults, we have to change that if we want to be in a healthy relationship with ourselves and with other people. So episode 196, really important one to to listen to about people-pleasing. So we want to curb our people-pleasing, and then we want to curb the extreme people-pleasing, which is the fawning response. And that is episode 213, I think. Yes, 213. The fawning response is a really important thing to understand. And if you didn't catch that episode, I'll just tell you what it is. Fawning is when people-pleasing to diffuse conflict so that you can feel more secure in a relationship and can earn the approval of other people. So it's a step beyond people-pleasing. So you want to curb the fawning response, an important thing to do. And then you want to recognize you're giving your life away for free, which you are free to do. And yet there's no reciprocity. There's no mutuality. And really, you know, one of the phrases in the English language that I would just like to eradicate is this phrase that says, give until it hurts. Well, if everyone were giving until it hurts, everybody would be hurting. And that's not an appropriate response to the world. That is a very opportunistic response. Give until it hurts. It's okay. You should hurt. You should hurt. And then you have given enough. No, let's take that one out of our programming. Let's totally take it away and recognize that you want to give freely without expectation of return, but you want to be re- be placing yourself in relationships that are equal, equitable, reciprocal, and mutual. And if you're in a relationship with a hijackal, that's never going to happen. Never, never, never going to happen. So, you know, let's talk about that. And then something else is to reclaim your life. If you've given away your personal power, now that's not power over anyone. If you've given away your personal power in a relationship, your power to say, I like this, I want this, I prefer that, I remember this, I have thoughts and feelings and wants and needs, and I can express them. A hijackle doesn't want to hear all of that. So they ask you to give away your personal power so they can have it. So if you have finding yourself listening and thinking, maybe I am an enabler and maybe I even have enablers killed. Maybe it's because I have given away my personal power and I could reclaim it. It's very important considerations, truly are. So I hope I've given you something new to think about. 
I realize that it's very difficult to think about being with an abuser or claiming that you are with an abuser, but it's an important step. Just as important it is to look inside and say, am I enabling? Am I making the consequences for somebody else's poor choices go away? Am I taking that on? It's not your responsibility. It's not healthy for you. Now, I'll say it again. Don't make huge upheavals, but slowly, steadily start changing the equation. Start moving towards something healthier. Start rebuilding yourself and rebuilding from a place of personal power. Many times I'm working with my clients to put small steps, small changes in place so we can see what effect it has on the relationship. And good practicing, very important. So if any of this has resonated with you, maybe to recognize that somebody you know and love is engaging in enabling and has enabling guilt. Or maybe you recognize it in yourself. But it's important to know that a choice would be to lift yourself out of that, release yourself of that burden, release yourself of that resentment cycle where you think you shouldn't feel resentment because you're supposed to give until it hurts. I hope this has been helpful to you. If I can help you in any way, come on over to beaclient.com and we can have a personal one-on-one conversation. If you're not ready for that, come on over and join my empowered, emerging empowered community at joinintoday.com. And until we speak again, take very good care of yourself because you matter. And I'll look forward to talking with you again soon. Thank you for joining me on the Save Your Sanity podcast today. I hope you've had some new insights some ideas and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that, and so do your children. If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with a dollar or five each month, please do so at patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. Learn more about how to work with me via video conference, join my optimized circles, or subscribe to this podcast and my YouTube channel at my website, transformingrelationship.com. Talk soon.